0: Hello and welcome to Lessons with Dad. As always, I am here with my daughter Ruthie. Hi. And today we're going to get into Grit by Angela Duckworth, Part 2. And Ruthie, today I'm really excited about this episode because this is a part of the book where I learned a tremendous amount personally and it actually changed the way I practice and do things. And I think there are huge implications for you in school, uh, in playing tennis and other areas of your life, and, and certainly for all of our listeners as well. So this is just a a great bit of content and hopefully we can do, uh, Angela, uh, Duckworth justice and, and really cover this well. But before we get started into that, we, uh, had Ruthie take Angela Duckworth's grit test. And, uh, we took that a couple days ago, Ruthie, what'd you think of the test?
1: Um, the questions were different than i expected
0: yeah that's good they there are a little bit different and there are 10 questions it doesn't take but five minutes or less um and, and ruthie uh scored very well kind of in the middle uh of the pack and and where she was and i think showed that she really has some nice grit but again one a couple of things here one It's on a five point scale, not a 10 point scale. So when you first get your score, you're like, oh, that seems low. But it's uh, remember, it's on a five point scale and she's got uh, how you can grade yourself and look at that. Um, But it's a good way to get a baseline. And these are the same questions she used in many of her experiments that she ran. So you can do that test. We'll put a link to the test in our show notes. Um, And remember, what are the two areas of grit, Ruthie, that the test covers?
1: Passion and perseverance.
0: That's right. Passion and perseverance, half the test related to each question. And so we'll go over a couple examples of what's included on the test. Now, for every question on the test, there you get uh, the same response that you can give. You can say very much like me, mostly like me, somewhat like me, not much like me or not like me at all. So those are there. And Ruth, you want to go through a couple of the questions just to give the listeners an idea of what, if they want to go take the test, uh, they'll be uh, getting asked.
1: New ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones.
0: Yeah, that's so that's question one. What's question two?
1: Setbacks don't discourage me. I don't give up easily.
0: And again, you'll rate those on very much like me all the way to not like me at all. And then what's one, we'll do one more here.
1: Often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one.
0: Again, so, and then five of those questions targeted at perseverance and the others targeted at passion. So great way to get your initial grit score and and kind of see where you rank. So I thought this was interesting. We'll jump into some of uh, what uh, Angela Duckworth covers here. She went and read a study of competitor swimmers titled, the mundanity of excellence. And what's, do you know the definition of mundane, Ruthie? No. (laughs) I didn't. So it's common. If something's mundane, uh, it's common, it's ordinary, it's unimaginative. It's really, you can think of it as boring. So if we, you know, the boringness of excellence could be the title of this. But here's what they concluded. And this is interesting. The most dazzling human achievements are in fact, the aggregate of countless individual elements, each of which is ordinary. And I thought that was a really good starting point for this. And, you know, here's this study of these elite swimmers. And quite frankly, they say, oh, what, what does it take? <laughs> it's mastering these many common things and putting in the time of countless individual elements, all of which are not all that special. So, and as you may remember, Ruthie, Angela had left teaching to become an academic and specifically a psychologist. And as part of her research, she needed to put together um, kind of how you would think of, of achieving excellence. And so she published her research and she unveiled a formula that helps explain how to, you know, reach the pinnacle of achievement and she has an equation that she developed and now I, I, she admits and says that it is a bit incomplete because it only focuses on the individual not on the outside forces such as coaches or access to resource sources but it's it's helpful for this framework and let's let's go through this because i do think it's an important framework so she says that your talent Or your really your initial starting point for the level of skill that you have is a starting point. When you apply skill to that, you multiply that times. Or I'm sorry, you multiply you apply effort to that. So wherever you're starting, and say you want to learn tennis, you apply effort to whatever skill you have at the beginning with effort, and then you learn maybe how to hit a forehand or a backhand or a serve, and what that gives you is skill. So. Initial starting point times effort, you achieve skill. And then skill multiplied times effort again equals achievement. So in this case, effort not only counts twice, but it's multiplied. Initial talent times effort equals skill. Then skill times effort again allows you to have achievement. And so, Ruthie, what's 10 plus 10? 10. Twenty. <laughs> so that's additive, right? But skill isn't additive; it's multiplicative, and it's multiplied twice, so it's ten times tw- 10 times ten again. hundred. Yeah. So twenty uh, additive is very different than a hundred. So this multiplicative fact uh, effect of effort is huge. So that how is how it is with effort. You gain. Uh, skill with effort and then your skill is multiplied with additional effort so effort really matters it counts twice uh so not and and i think one of the key points here is that not all effort is the same and we'll learn we're going to learn this this is a big part of today's lesson and where i learned a tremendous amount that not all effort is equal and she's identified a specific specific type of practice uh that leads to remarkable results so We'll go through a couple quotes because these are are really interesting that focus on exactly her point on how powerful effort is to, uh, to achievement. And so, uh, when asked to explain his, uh, well, she did, has a couple quotes here from actor Will Smith and he once commented, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic right? That exactly applies to what Angela Duckworth's you know equation is. Gain a skill, multiply more effort times that skill, and it's going to turn into achievement. And then asked to explain Will Smith's ascendancy to the entertainment elite. Here's what he said. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is that I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. I will not be outworked, period. You might have more talent than me, you might be smarter than me. You might be sexier than me. You might be all of those things. You got it on me in nine categories. But if we get on the treadmill together, there's two things. You're getting off first or I'm going to die. It's that simple. And I think that's, it's, it's a funny comment, but it's the truth. He uh, is going to outwork anyone he's up against. And I think it's really paid off for him in his career. It certainly paid off for me, Ruthie. And so it's just a, a great way to highlight the benefit and the gain that you get just out of pure effort. And Angela highlights that struggling early on at something you enjoy may be a blessing. So parents and kids, this is something you want to think about. If there's something you enjoy, maybe it's playing tennis, maybe it's dance, maybe it's uh, playing the guitar or whatever it might be if you struggle early on, it may actually help you. And here's why it says by having to discover the capacity to do something over and over again, basically to struggle, to have patience and learning that something can be mastered, but not overnight can be pro- a profound insight that, that it just doesn't come to those who pick things up quickly. So by the fact that you can realize with, gr- with effort, you've shown yourself that you can master the guitar or the piano, or pottery, or painting, right? Something you didn't think you could do. And maybe it takes you more effort than others. That is going to teach you a lesson that people that master it early on or have great success early on don't get. So once you obtain skill, it's effort once again that will allow you to get to the next level. Talent you have naturally, but skill, and this is a, a great point, skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. But skill doesn't equal achievement. With effort, skill becomes productive. And so just really important, but but she highlights skill or grit is a lot more than just working hard. Working hard is great. We're going to go over it uh, today. That's all what today is about. But but it's more than that. We'll talk in next week's uh podcast about the other side of that. But here's one more quote. Most things are not as difficult as they seem. Focusing each day, giving one topic, your full attention for an extended period of time is even harder than it seems. Over the long timeline, the bottleneck is usually attention, not ability. I think that's a great way as we get into this next section about how she recommends to practice that it's not, even if, if you're putting effort in it's that full attention and that focus over an extended period of time, that really is the bottleneck, not your effort or not your effort necessarily effort, but not, not even your ability. So a couple of great quotes here by Woody Allen. Uh, one of the most famous directors, Ruthie might be a little bit before your time, but he, he was asked about advice for young artists and he said, and these are people that maybe want to write a play or write a novel and he, Woody Allen directed plays, directed movies, wrote books. He said, my observation was that once a person actually completed a play or a novel, he or she was well on their way to getting it produced or published, as opposed to a vast majority of people who tell me their ambition is to write, but who strike out on the very first level and indeed never write the play or book. So I think that's interesting, Ruthie, as you look at that and say a lot of people just they, they they dream about things, but they never actually put in the work to get it done. And here's a snappier formulation. This is a quote I use, I probably say this weekly to someone at the office and in, in a little bit different way, but he says 80% of success in life is showing up. Ruthie, that is so true. I don't care what you wanna do. If you're going to school, you're going to college, show up to class every day. Don't, don't just expect to go through the notes afterwards or something else. For me, I use this all the time for salespeople because I feel that so many people in sales want to get the the sale, want to win the work, but they don't ever go see the customer. So much of sales, I say it all the time, 80%, maybe even 90% of selling is just showing up at the customer, being there, getting in front of them and going to see them. So that is a big part of what effort is, just getting up and going in uh, to see people or be or participate in what you're trying to do. I think this is exactly what happened to me with this podcast, Ruthie. How, did we talk about this a lot before getting started? Yes. Yeah, we did. We talked a lot. I had, had the idea for a while, would tell people, and it really took a lot to get me off of center to go do something because I was intimidated by the thought of putting content uh, that would be out there for anyone. Didn't exactly know how to get started, but guess what? I just... And Ruthie and I just needed to get started. We needed to start the podcast. We needed to show up and start the first episode and just start showing up every week after that to go put the work in and effort to make this podcast. And really glad I did, Ruthie, because I'm truly enjoying it with you. So here we go. We're going to jump into the type of practice that it takes to see real results, Ruthie. So You know, as we get your passion and interest, practice is a critical element. People who achieve excellence, Ruthie, they don't just spend more time practicing and playing. They have what what is called deliberate practice. And deliberate practice combined with the persistent desire, right, with the passion to improve, continue looking forward and wanting to grow. It's deliberate practice is how experts acquire world class skills. Um, and there's the 10,000 hour rule the 10 years to become an expert And the bottom line is you can practice 10,000 hours or for 10 years and never become an expert because experts practice differently. And, And a great example of this Ruthie is I've been running for gosh, probably 15 years plus. And I run every weekend with my friends, friends probably run three or four times a week. Haven't been lately because of some knee problems. But, but other than that, I've run for 15 years but i'm not getting faster. <laughs> in fact i think i'm getting slower. But but the point being over that period i've just been going running 3 4 sometimes 5 times a week. I can run the distance, i can do the half marathons, but i have after 15 years no one would look at me and go you're an elite runner. Now my goals weren't to get faster in that, but the point being i run more to, you know, i run more to spend time with friends and stay healthy. But elite runners when they run, and they may run no more than I do, but they have a goal for every run. They have a training plan. They have a coach to help them along, along the way. It's a very different type of running and practice that they do. And so this really struck me, Ruthie, when I went through and read this. Now I didn't want to become an elite runner, but there are other things I certainly want to get much, much better at. And I realized I wasn't practicing the right way. And I think for you, whether it be tennis or schoolwork, your career, there are things, Ruthie, that you may be doing that we really want to apply this to. And here's what it says. It says, with undivided attention and great effort, experts strive to reach their stretch goal, right? Elite people strive to reach their stretch goals. They hungrily seek feedback on to see how they did. And necessarily, It's it's a requirement that much of that feedback has to be negative because if all the feedback was positive, they wouldn't change anything, which means that the experts are more interested in what they did wrong so they can fix it, right? So, and then after receiving that feedback to say, hey, you're maybe a bit deficient here or there, they practice it again and again and again until they've mastered the technique. So basically, Ruthie, they're going to take what was once a struggle and now become fluent and flawless and perform that skill with unconscious competence. So, and then what do they do? They set a new goal and these subtle refinements add up to dazzling mastery. So Ruthie on this deliberate practice, do you have any idea where it might've first been studied, where it came from? No. <laughs> this one surprised me. It came from studying chess players. And then they went to musicians and then athletes. And so do you think deliberate practice could apply to you? Yeah. Well, where do you think it might apply?
1: Um, A sport.
0: Sport. Certainly for tennis for you, but you, we'll talk about some other ways. But absolutely it does. Even the most complex and creative of human abilities can be broken down into its component skills. So you break them down into component skills, each of which can be practiced, practiced, and practiced. And this is a great quote here again, Atul Gawande. He says, people often assume that you have to have great hands to become a surgeon, but it's not true. What's important is practicing this one difficult thing day and night for years on end. And I thought that's a great application because we think sometimes in sports, here's an application for deliberate practice, and you want doctors and surgeons that have practiced over and over and over with deliberate practice to become expert at what they're doing. So uh, I, I thought this one was was a really interesting one as well, Ruthie, if you can read this quote from magician David Blaine, and he broke a, re- a world record for holding his breath underwater for 17 minutes. How long do you think you could hold your breath, Ruthie?
1: Like 30 seconds. I
0: know. I mean, maybe I think about swimming in a pool. Maybe I could go there and back or halfway back on a on a lap. That's maybe a minute, minute and a half. 17 minutes is a ridiculously long time. He held his breath. Now, there's nothing special about him. Uh, and, and so he had a TED Talk on this. And Ruthie, why don't you read his quote here?
1: As a magician, I try to show things to people that seem impossible. And I think magic, whether I'm holding my breath or shuffling a deck of cards, is pretty simple. It's practice. It's training and it's experimenting while pushing through the pain to be the best that I can be. And that's what magic is to me.
0: That's right. And so if you judge practice by how much it improves your skill, then deliberate practice has no rival, plain and simple. Deliberate practice is experienced as supremely effortful. So Ruthie, when you're doing deliberate practice, it's not just going, and let's just apply this to tennis for you since you play tennis, right? It's not just going out and hitting balls and warming up and then playing some, maybe hitting some forehands and some backhands. No, this is a extremely effortful focused time. It's working at the far edge of our skills, with complete concentration, right? That's what deliberate practice is. That's very different than just going out and some people go, well, I just want to, I want to play, or I just want to hit balls, or I just. And for me, with golf, I'll just go out and hit golf balls, and I'll hit a lot of golf balls. But that's not what's being talked. It might be effortful, but it's. It, we'll see. We're going to go over all the elements of it. And but I love this. Here is a a, a great ballerina, um, or dancer, Martha Graham and Ruthie why don't you read her quote right here because I think this is just fantastic
1: dancing appears glamorous easy delightful but the path to paradise of that achievement is not easier than any other there's a fatigue so great that the body cries even in its sleep there are times of complete frustration there are daily small deaths
0: that's right so what we see is very beautiful and elegant when you see a dancer or ballerina right but what she's saying is here there's deliberate practice that goes into getting to the height of your craft and it is painful and it's work and it's effortful and there are several more quotes that we have um that that highlight this but it it really let's go through one more here ruthie from olympic gold medalist rowdy gain so Here's what he says. Um, Ruthie, why don't you read right here?
1: I swam around the world for a race that lasted 49 seconds.
0: Did you enjoy those miles, Rowdy? Did you love the practice?
1: I'm not going to lie. I never really enjoyed going to practice. And I certainly didn't enjoy it while I was there. In fact, there were brief moments walking to the pool at 4.30 in the morning... Or sometimes when I couldn't take the pain, when I would think, God, is this worth it?
0: That's right. So why didn't you quit?
1: It's very simple, Rowdy said. It's because I love swimming. I had a passion for competing. For the result of training, for the feeling of being in shape, for winning, for traveling, for making friends. I hated practice, but I had an overall passion for swimming.
0: That's right. So that passion is what keeps us going next week. We're going to talk all about the passion, how to get the passion, how to cultivate it. But here, this is talking about you get the result, and that result comes through this, this type of practice and the effort that goes into it. And, and a great quote. Nobody wants to show, wants to show you the hours and hours of becoming. They'd rather show you the highlight of what they've become. But you don't get to that highlight unless you've put in the hours work. So here it is. Let's let's get to this, Ruthie. This is the the real meat of this here. So what does what deliberate practice look like? Practice can be challenging. It can be rewarding, but especially when you get results, how much more rewarding is practice when you're spending the time and you actually get results? So how is deliberate practice done? So number one, here's what she recommends. Get a coach, a mentor, or a teacher. You need someone that can help you get the most out of deliberate practice. Having a coach or someone to do that can help you so you've got a tennis coach but then number two it says know the science right and there are four elements of this each and this is none of these are remark remarkable but let's take a look number of knowing the science it says have a clear stretch goal practice with full effort and concentration get immediate and informative feedback and i think that's really important ruthie this is, you don't go practice and wait a week to hear how you did. You want a coach that's there that can see what you're doing and go, no, we're working on this one skill. You need to do it. I have changed based on this. Now, when I hit golf balls, I take a video camera. If I don't have a coach there and I'm just going to go practice, I'm going to hit probably a quarter of the balls I used to hit, but every ball I hit, I'm going to use a video camera and then look after every three or four swings to see, am I doing the things I want to do? So that immediate informative feedback and then repetition with reflection and reinforcement. So let me go over those on knowing the science, have a clear stretch goal, full effort and concentration, immediate and informative feedback, and then repetition with reflection and reinforcement. And then third, she says, make practice a habit. This is going to be our next series on the book. Our next book, is atomic habits by james clear phenomenal book but it, but right here it says one have a coach two know the science three make practice a habit and and just having those routines so you don't have to think about it and you can get into it and then four have the right mindset the carol dweck right the the growth mindset that deliberate practice can feel wonderful but it's painful and effortful and be aware that don't have the self awareness it's not judgment if you're making errors or having issues, that's the idea. You're working at the edge of your competency. So I think that's a great outline for what deliberate practice. And I think that's different than sometimes the way you practice tennis right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. And and I want to work. Uh, we've got something we're going to work on with Ruthie that we talked about after her last match. But I think this framework for her, certainly for me, has made me a much better golfer or anything you want to learn Or apply this to, this is a a bit different. Having the coach know the science, make it a habit, and have the right mindset. So it's not hours of brute force training for this. It's high quality, thoughtful training goals, and it says pursued for just a few hours a day, tops. You can't have super effortful, concentrated uh, training for eight hours, Ruthie. It's got to be a couple hours a day, tops. And again, if you can't practice every day, when you do the practice, make it high quality, thoughtful training goals with full effort and concentration. You'll be more satisfied with the practice and with the feedback and results. And I thought this was a good point for every YouTuber that's out there, for every effortless performance, right? That they, that they put there, who are the guys that do all the basketball stuff that do the, the trick shots? Uh, Dude perfect. That's it. Those guys are great for every dude. Perfect performance that you see out there on YouTube. There are hours and hours of unrecorded, invisible to outsiders, challenging, effortful, full of mistake practice that they have. So don't get frustrated with that. So Ruthie, just as we wrap up here, because I think this deliberate practice is so important. You know, when you're trying to do things you can't do and you're failing and learning um, and learning what you need to do differently, that's what experts are doing. They're not doing things they can do easily. They're trying to do things they can't do yet. They're failing and they're learning along the way and they're learning how to do something differently. That's how experts practice. That's what we need to be doing. Do you think if you're doing that, you might get frustrated sometimes? Yes. Yeah, it, it can be frustrating when you're trying to do something. Should that frustration reflect on your capabilities or are you as a person? No. no, that's what we learned in the growth mindset, right? It absolutely shouldn't. But it, it doesn't mean you won't get frustrated that you won't leave a practice and be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this. But you have to stick through it, have the coach, get the feedback. And it says, Focus on your weaknesses and concentrate one hundred percent. So, any thoughts or comments you have as we're wrapping up here today, Ruthie? Any thought? Any ideas on how you want to implement this for, let's say, tennis?
1: Um, probably like when I practice, I put like full effort in, like how I would do in a tournament, not just like messing around.
0: Yep, that's right. It doesn't mean you can't mess around some, but have a time for it, for for having fun, and a time for deliberate practice. So, look. W- let me just summarize today's entire thing in in two quick sentences here. On the path to excellence, here's what we've learned: effort counts twice, right? It's multiplicative and extremely important. And secondly, experts practice differently. Deliberate practice is is the way to achieve excellence and really focusing on that. So thank you for joining today. We're excited about this series uh, on grit next week. We're going to cover passion, where it comes from and how to get more passion. Really a, a really cool topic. And I like the way that Angela handles this here. So hope you have a great week and thank you for joining.